0: The music there of Katie Buckley, a classical harpist who hails from Atlanta in the United States but who has found a home in Iceland and a life with Iceland Symphony Orchestra at its base in the beautiful Harpa Concert Hall in Reykjavik. I'm Helen Shaw and this is Mother's Blood. Sisters' Songs, the story of how the genetics of Iceland reveals its Gaelic roots and how Ireland and Iceland share a culture rich in storytelling and music. You know, I found Katie through her work with Björk and when we connected on social media I wondered if she might be related to my collaborator in this series, the Cork composer Linda Buckley. But while we've yet to find genetic link, Linda and Katie Buckley share a passion for music innovation and contemporary classical music, as well, of course, a love of the music and genius of Björk herself. So we sat down with Katie in her studio at Harpa, overlooking Reykjavik's Harbour, and where one of her many harps was taking up most of the room, and where Linda got to explore some of that common interest they share.
1: Is Katie Buckley. I am the harpist with the Icelandic Symphony Orchestra and I've lived here for 14 years. I'm from, was born in Atlanta, Georgia. My father, Richard Buckley, was born in Ohio. His father, John, came over from Manchester. They moved to
2: Canada, then they moved down to Ohio. And that's basically what I know. So, Katie, you've been here for a number of years now. What would you say is quite unique about the music scene here in terms of of many different worlds coming together?
1: Uh, I think just the ability to get a chance to do everything.
2: So when I came
1: here, you know, I thought I would be an orchestral harpist, but um, I've gotten to do a ton of new music. Um, I have a percussion and harp duo that I play with. I've played on movie soundtracks and pop albums and stuff that I didn't imagine I would be doing here. So I think just because there's not so many of us we get to do everything and i think that's really nice
2: and in terms of your own playing you've championed a lot of new music and contemporary music across the board in different countries as well as here like do you notice anything quite distinctive about music that's emerging from iceland at the moment and maybe in terms of the younger generation of composers
1: Hmm, I think they're all very, very different. (laughs) You definitely get a lot of people that are more on the sort of pop-ish side of things. It can still be classical, but a little more poppy. Um, And then you get anything from some, you know, maybe new complexity kind of stuff. And, of course, the very quiet sound effect sort of stuff. I think that's maybe what I see the most of. A lot of stuff pulling from nature because it's so prevalent here a lot of nature sounds and trying to recreate that on instruments.
2: And it seems that the theme of nature is very important at the moment for Björk and mm-hmm. especially in her cornucopia tour. Mm-hmm. And of course, you've collaborated together. Was that process very collaborative and how did that work in terms of of bringing the harp into into this new project for her?
1: Well, she was very much the composer, so she wrote the harp parts. There's actually on, on those two songs that I recorded. There's actually four harp parts, so it's harp quartet. So I just maybe fixed some harp things to make it more harp because writing for the harp is very difficult. And then, yeah, we just recorded it, but it's all it was all from her. And then maybe I added a few things, but definitely the 99% is her as a composer because she is a very good composer and well-trained musician. So, well, there were two songs that we recorded at first with this... Uh, four harps or harp quartet. So I was recording each part. There was "Horizon" and then Blissing Me. And she played a little bit of "Horizon" for me, so I knew sort of where the harp would fit in with that one. But Blissing Me was just sort of, I had no idea, so I figured there would just be, this would just be sort of an under thing going on. And then uh, when it came out, because it, it was maybe two years between and you know i knew the album was coming out but i actually had no idea if either of these songs would be cuz you never know i never kn- knew if either of these songs would be on the album and then i heard blissing me i think that was the second one that she released and it was like harp <laughs> everywhere so it's pretty shocking cuz you you really never know you know there's a lot of times you record stuff and um, you end up on something, and you, you think it's really exposed, and then it's like not there at all, or you're just playing a couple notes and it's like the only thing happening. So, yeah, I, I learned that from being here that you have no idea. So, I didn't know what to expect, but Blessing Me ended up being quite harp-tastic,
0: <laughs> as you can say. <laughs>
2: Like in terms of experiencing the show, because I know that she's very interested in creating these very enveloping, immersive experiences. And what is that like to be a part of in terms of being a performer in that?
1: It's very frightening, I think, at first, for a classical performer to be thrown into this sort of scene with crazy costumes and crazy makeup. And I mean, maybe opera singers are used to it, but not us orchestral sort of classical musicians. And for years now, she's taken a group with her of Icelandic young female musicians. Everybody has sung in this choir. I mean, like everybody is in this choir at some point in their life. So yeah, I I mean, there were kids on tour that I've known since they were like five. And now they're adults, young adults. But the, the 50 young people that came from Iceland to go to New York, I mean, to be 19 and 20 and live in New York for a month is, I think, a huge a huge deal. But the music itself at its heart is very classically oriented, so it works well playing-wise for us. Of course, she's asking the flute players to dance. I'm not dancing. It's not really... <laughs> it's a little hard, hard to dance with a harp. <laughs> but it's a different environment. It's a different way of playing because, of course, you're playing to click on stage. And, of course, just the feeling of the audience is completely different because they're not coming to a symphony show they're coming to like Björk and I remember my first performance outside of Iceland with her was in London and there's quite a few songs that I don't play in so I was sitting on stage and I was looking out the audience and I saw people just crying and like just experiencing this and this is not something that you see at orchestra concerts and I was just like wow it's amazing kind of reminded me that like yeah music can be very healing for people and you know bring out all kinds of emotions whereas it might be doing that in a classical concert but it's much more reserved you know like the wipe away a tear kind of thing as opposed to just this like (laughs) what I saw so that was very um, and then just the sheer number of people and the noise during the concert from them feeds to you in a different way than you know the sort of more strict classical environment
2: and could you tell us a little bit about what led you to this point so what led you to Iceland in terms of your background in music like when you were younger learning classical harp could you have imagined 20 years later whatever you'd be playing in in pop records and you know movie soundtracks and all of that kind of thing not in a million years <laughs> I I wanted to be an orchestral harpist
1: and then I found sort of like new music and I wanted to do the new music thing and I think Had I finished my studies at Yale, I probably would have just moved to New York City and started doing that and just been in that scene. And so coming here, going back to my original hope of being an orchestral musician and getting to do that, and then also because our schedule is not super heavy, we have lots of time. So I started this percussion and harp duo, and we have tons of music that um, has been written for us, and we've been incredibly lucky that so many people have been willing and then meeting my husband who's a composer and does really crazy things and kind of brought me into that world and yeah and then also getting to do stuff with the bedroom community and movie soundtracks and just yeah I never in a million years would have thought you know especially coming from Atlanta which is very conservative and (laughs) to you know be able to do all these things I think it's pretty special.
2: And how did you feel when you first landed in Iceland? Was it everything you had imagined or or did you have a kind of a preconception of the place before you Um, got here?
1: No, I had I had no idea. So um, the audition was in September and I came and I remember it was for some reason it was cheaper if I stayed the whole week. So, of course, when you go to an orchestral audition, you're sort of like, I mean, of course, you're not going to win because it's just, you know. So I I was like, I just want to go to Iceland and go to the Blue Lagoon because those were kind of the only two things that I knew besides, like, Björk and Sigur So, yeah, I came, and then when I first moved here, I remember... Everybody's like, oh, yeah, you should walk up Leivier, the main shopping street. And I remember walking to where there's the squared and then up to where the street crosses and then you go up the hill. Well, I never went all the way up the hill. So I was like, this is like it. (laughs) So for the first like month, I was like, wow, it's a little small, but I guess I can get used to it. (laughs) I think I spent my first month in November with my headphones on and a rain jacket and just like wandering around the city, kind of walking around and
2: yeah. And the bedroom community is a very interesting collective and it has such an eclectic mix of musicians from composer Nico Mouli to singer Sam Amadon to composer Daniel Bjarneson and of course, Valgar Sigurdsson. Maybe tell us a little bit about that group and your connection to them and what you've done with them. So I
1: think even before I knew what bedroom community was, I was recording (laughs) for them. It was kind of just a call and, okay, I'll go and play. So, yeah, I know I've played on Valkir's albums and for the music that he did for the movie Dremelandes. I've played on Daniel's albums, but the orchestra has also played on those. So it's been both some uh, one piece for harp and percussion and then also, I think, some... I actually can't even remember <laughs> exactly. So it's it's actually a broad range of stuff. It's uh, always really, really nice to play. It's really nice to work with them.
2: And I'd love to hear a little bit about the collective, actually, that your husband is involved with, Jesper, because they're doing something quite different again. It's quite left-field and experimental. Mm-hmm.
1: My husband, uh, Jesper Pedersen, uh, he's Danish, but has lived here for quite a long time as well. He's in a group called Slauter. It's a group of composers that do things maybe outside of the ordinary and and for a while is mostly based around animated notation, but it's not necessarily all animated notation now, but they do a lot of performances with not even specific instruments, but just, you know, anything, voice, harp, little small plastic things, anything. Yeah. And they've just written a full craziness of (laughs) yeah a lot of different stuff Um, some of the pieces we've had had them all write for my percussion and harp duo I think all of them have written so Um, we've done things with uh, one piece I had on uh, a gas mask and I was holding a little harp and putting snooker balls in through one side and it was going down a tube way down and landing on a glass table while Frank my um, percussionist uh, was, I actually can't even remember he was what he was doing. <laughs> I was so taken up with putting snooker balls in my gas mask. Um, <laughs> I've played the harp on the ground, like flat, and, you know, dropped different objects on it. I have done a piece that was just fencing, uh, no instruments involved, but fencing that were I cooked up. Um, I did a piece once where um, I used to be a cheerleader back in the day. So I was a cheerleader. I actually think that was one of my husband's pieces. So I was a cheerleader and they were playing in this box that was covered in like lamb's wool. And there were different things that they were pulling on. Yeah. (laughs) So just crazy. (laughs)
2: great to see that there's an outlet for the conceptual here as well. And why do you think in somewhere this size that there's so much surge of creativity in artists and musicians and composers? Uh, I think partially because
1: it's very dark. And if you don't do something, you'll go crazy. And the weather is also not the best for most of the year. So it's a matter of either do something or lose your mind kind of thing. (laughs) I think that plays a big part. (laughs) And I think maybe... There's a lot of freedom here. I see it even with the kids and like my son. They're kind of free to be themselves from a very young age and nothing is discouraged. So, I mean, obviously like bad behaviors are discouraged, but like it's not a big deal if a guy dances or this kind of thing. It's kind of like gender neutral freedom to sort of do
2: what you want creatively. And I noticed that with people like Ben Frost, who would have moved here from Australia and he made it his home. And his music in a way seems to really suit the, the environment of here, especially, let's say, at winter. I mean, do you think there sometimes is a bit of a generalization from those outside Iceland in terms of the landscape always impacting on the music? Or do you think that's really a reality?
1: I think it's a big reality because it's kind of in your face. You know, the landscape is just like <clears throat> it's right here. Um, you don't have to, like, go very far to see it if you're in Reykjavík or any other part of the country. So I think it's I think it's just there. So it becomes just part of everything. Yeah, there's no skyscrapers kind of
2: keeping you in a small area. It's just it's here. A lot of the the Icelandic musicians that we spoke to often talked about the fact that they went away to study, but they always felt the pull towards home again.
1: Mm. Yeah. And I mean, I. I could understand that. (laughs) I don't feel the same pull towards home. Of course, I miss my family, but yeah, I don't feel the same pull towards America as they seem to feel towards here. And in fact, I kind of feel the pull towards here. Thanks very much, Katie.
0: Katie Buckley, harpist, composer and, of course, Bjork collaborator there. Now, I've added some links to Katie's work in the text box of the podcast. And those of you who are Bjork fans can see her performing in the current tour in the UK and Ireland. Thanks for listening.